0: Well, good morning. Thank you so much for joining me. It's good to be with you guys today. Hope you're having a good start to your morning and doing well. Today we're going to be in 2 Timothy chapter 3. 2 Timothy chapter 3. So if you have your Bible, why don't you grab that now? This is what we read. This is Paul writing a a letter to his young mentee, Timothy. This is what he says. He says, But mark this, there will be terrible times I want to focus on on the beginning of this list, the second item in this list. He says, people will be lovers of themselves and lovers of money. There's where I want to focus. Lovers of money. We, we live at a time, don't we, where there is a, a love for money in our culture. And I, I don't know if there's many better examples than the love for money which permeates our culture than the example of of Jack Welch's retirement package from GE. Jack Welch, many of you might remember, was the CEO of GE and retired in 2001. And when he retired, he was worth around 500 million dollars, which most of us would say, well, at the age of 65, that's probably going to get him through the rest of his life. pretty good nest egg for himself and his grandkids 500 million dollars in 2001 20 years ago but through his divorce proceedings his retirement package through GE came to came to light and, and so I want to quickly go through Jack Welch's retirement package with you remember he's already worth 500 million and he's now No longer working for the company. Well, he he negotiated a $16 million a year pension. $16 million a year he received not to work there. He had 24-7 access to the company's Boeing 737 jet. GE paid for a $15 million apartment for him in New York. And they bought all of the furniture for the for the apartment or the, the condo as well. He had a $9,000 a month food and wine bill that the company picked up. He spent $9,000 a month just on food and wine. and That didn't even include his his expenses that uh, he, he had from eating out. So this was just eating in his house. $9,000 a month, he had a, a a month clothing budget that GE picked up. They paid for floor-level tickets to all Knicks games for him, and they paid for box seats at all Yankees and Red Sox games, which, why would you need both? If you're a fan of the Yankees, you hate the Red Sox and vice versa, but they paid for both for him. Retirement package was estimated around four hundred million dollars in two thousand and one, and so here's here's why talking about the love of money is so hard. Because many of us we we hear those numbers, we hear those figures, and we say, "Well, I'm not a lover of money. I mean, I don't spend nine thousand dollars a month on on food and wine. I don't spend two grand a month on clothes, and so I'm I'm not a lover of money." But you know that's not it's, it's not a great comparison because the, the, the reality for everyone listening right now is none of us have access to that kind of money, to that kind of power. I, I mean, who is to say that if we weren't put in that position that we too wouldn't spend money that extravagantly, that excessively? Who's to say that if your salary wasn't bumped up Extra 50 grand, extra 100 grand, extra 500 grand that, that you wouldn't spend much more lavishly than you do right now. You, you cannot look at, at someone's car, someone's house, and determine whether they are a lover of money or, or not. And, and furthermore, you know, some people who love money the most are, are the most frugal, the most cheap. They, they love so, money so much they don't enjoy giving it away. And so, again, we, we, we can't just look at, at someone's car or someone's house and, and determine if, if someone is a lover of money or not. So, so what are the tests? How, how do we know if we ourselves are lovers of money? How do we assess and determine if this is an issue in our hearts? Well, I love what one pastor said. He says there's three tests. And so let's look at these three tests quickly. He said the first test is, is the test of contentment. You know, are you content? with what you have. You know, I know we're in the midst of a pandemic and some of us have, have lost jobs or hours are cut short. So you might say, I'm not very content right now with my financial situation. But, but you know, if you look back over the past five, ten years, would, would you say that you're, on, on the whole, you have been rather content with your financial plights? Or, or would you say that that you're constantly thinking about The new car that you want to buy, the new home that you want to purchase, the new phone or the new TV that you want to buy. Are you someone who's always thinking about the next biggest and best thing? Are you never just satisfied with what you have? Are you always looking around at other jobs to try and find one that pays just a little bit higher? We have to to first see if we pass the, the test of contentment. Are you someone who's on the whole content with your financial situation? The second test is this. Do you play the comparison game? Are are you always comparing your possessions and and your salary with other people? Are you okay with with your car until your brother pulls up in his brand new truck and suddenly you need a newer car as well? Are, Are you content with your phone until someone at the cubicle over from you shows you their phone and you're like, okay? got to up my game. Do you, do you play the comparison game where you compare your clothes to other people's clothes, your shoes to their shoes, your truck to their truck? If we're constantly comparing our possessions, our money with others, it's a sign that there's a love of money in our heart. And then thirdly, here's the third question we have to ask ourselves. Do you, do you honor the Lord with what you have? In other words, are, are, are you a generous person? This is a big one. Are you generous? Not, not simply do you tithe, which of course is important, but you know, when you hear of a need, before just steamrolling rolling ahead and saying, well, someone else is going to take care of that need, do you, do you take some time to just pause and say, wait, is the Lord asking me to help meet this need? Is that your default reaction when you hear of a need within the church and in the city to, to pause and say, God, are you asking us, our family, are you asking me as an individual? to meet this need? Certainly, we're not called to meet everyone's needs, but is that, is that your default response? Lord, is this of you? Is this something I should help with? Are you open-handed with your finances, with what you've been given by the Lord? So these are the three tests. Are you content? Do you play the comparison game? Are you a generous giver? You know, Jesus says very clearly, you you can't serve the, both the Lord, you can't serve God and money. And so let us be people who would say, Father, I, I don't want to have an unhealthy love of money in my heart. And if if right now you're, you're saying, you know, Christian, I, I don't pass all those tests, then, then my prayer for you in this moment would be that, that you would take some time to repent and to pray and ask God to give you a new relationship to money. It's not going to happen overnight, but I've seen it. I've heard people share their testimonies of how God has, has changed their heart and taken away an unhealthy attachment to money. And so maybe this can be the start of that journey for you. Thanks, church. I hope this was, was if not encouraging, then, then, then convicting. If that was the Lord for you, I, I hope the Lord... Spoke to you this morning, and and I'm really grateful that you listened. God bless you. All right. Here we go. Um, Still not there.